You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 48. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and I hope that you and your family are staying safe and healthy. As of the recording of this podcast, the world is dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, and the last couple of episodes on the podcast have been about how to deal with all of this while running an online business. And today's episode is about a challenge that many of us who are parents are facing right now. Due to the social distancing and stay-at-home orders that are that are in effect, I know many online business owners, and myself included, are finding themselves homeschooling their kids for the first time ever while still running their businesses. And I have two kids of my own, a third grade boy and a daughter in kindergarten, and I'm used to starting my day by getting them ready, fed, and off to school before I transition into my working mom and boss role running my Facebook and Instagram ads agency. Well, for the last couple of weeks, schools have been closed here in Washington, as they are in most places throughout the country. So with that, we've been put in a situation where we need to homeschool our kids. And for those of us who work from home, that provides new challenges. And this is different than spring break or summer break. If this were spring break or summer break, and we plan to continue working, many of us would come up with arrangements for our kids most of the time outside of the home, like day camp or daycare. But with the invisible threat of the coronavirus lurking, we're faced with the likely decision to keep our kids home to keep us and them safe and healthy. So as my husband and I tried to figure out how we would handle homeschooling our kids while also working from home, I realized that I know several people who've already been doing this. Many people I know have been successfully homeschooling and running businesses for years. So I wanted to create a resource that would be helpful for those of us who are new to this. I reached out to several of my friends in the online space who have experience with this to seek their advice, not just for me, but for all of us who are trying to figure out how to keep things going while giving our kids the attention they need. So I've asked eight of my homeschooling online business buddies to share their tips, advice, and routines to help us make this transition successfully. And I'm so glad that I did. I got to say that they delivered the goods and some tips will be similar, but others might surprise you. And at the end of the episode, I'll share what my husband and I have been doing that's been working really well to allow me to still focus on running and growing my business while my kids focus on their schoolwork at home. And before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that I've been so inspired by the generosity of so many during this time that I've decided to offer my introductory course, Five Days to Profitable Facebook Ads, for free for a limited time. It's a $79 value, and I know that there are a lot of people interested in learning Facebook ads and have a lot of extra time on their hands right now, as many of us do. So if you are ready to dive into how to create profitable Facebook ads, consider this a gift from me. Just go to monicalouie.com slash five day course and enter code be kind as all one word. As always, you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. Since this is episode 48, you'll find all the links and resources at monicalouie.com slash 48. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 48. All right, let's dive into hearing from eight parents who are rocking homeschooling while growing their businesses. All right, our first guest has been blogging for a very long time, as you'll hear in a moment. She's a military wife and homeschooling mom of seven. So naturally, I thought she had some tremendous experience in this space, and she is sharing her best advice with us. Here she is. Hey, this is Tony from Profitable Online Blog and thehappyhousewife.com. And I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about how online business owners can transition to homeschooling their kids and running their businesses. For a lot of people, this is a completely new thing and it takes a little bit of getting used to. 
I've been running my online business since 2006, and I've been homeschooling my kids off and on, but mostly on since then as well. And I will say it takes a little creativity and flexibility to homeschool your children and run a business from home. The first thing I want to talk about is routine. It's really important to get your kids into a routine, but by routine, I'm not talking about like your typical school day routine. I'm talking about a family routine. So having your kids wake up at a certain time every day, having them work on subjects during certain times during the day, and having your work also happen at certain times of the day. If your kids are typically gone from eight to three, you're probably in a routine during the day of doing things your own way. But with your kids home, that's going to have to shift a little bit. One thing that I did when my kids were little and I was homeschooling all of them was wake up really early and get a lot of work done before my kids even got out of bed. I would wake up between four and five in the morning, which I know is super early, but it really was the best time for me to get work done. For you, if you're a night owl, this might be staying up later and getting the work done after your kids go to bed. But I always built in some time when I knew my house would be really, really quiet. Another thing I did was let my kids know when I was working and when I was available. This took a little bit of adjusting because my kids were little when I got started and oftentimes they did need me. When I was doing something really important and I didn't want to be disturbed, I would put on a baseball cap. And the baseball cap meant, do not come and talk to mom unless you are bleeding or need to go to the hospital. The baseball cap helped train my kids to understand what was truly important and what could wait. What I would make sure to do is put that baseball cap on when I was doing things like writing or having conference calls, things that I really couldn't be interrupted. But when I was doing other tasks like checking email or working on Pinterest stuff, I would be available to them. So I would take that hat off and I knew if they had a question about their schoolwork or if they had a fight with a sibling, they could come and interrupt me. But that was really critical in teaching my kids not to come in my office every five minutes. If this is your first time working from home with your kids at home, they will interrupt you a lot in the beginning and you've got to create something so they understand when you can be disturbed and when you can't be disturbed. Finally, about that routine. When our kids are in school, the schools build in a lot of time for things like bathroom breaks and lining up and going to lunch. If your kids are home working on their schoolwork, they probably don't need six to eight hours of actual schoolwork. Most kids can get done with a standard school day in two to three hours, depending on what grade they're in. So I would make sure that you work in fun activities and even take a break from your own work and play a game with your kid or give them some attention in the middle of the day to help sort of fill them up with attention so that you can get on with your work. I always found that if I took breaks during the day and played a game with my kids, went over their schoolwork, listened to what was going on or helped them, they were less likely to interrupt me when I was working. It is possible to work from home while your kids are at home working on their schoolwork. In fact, this might be an opportunity for you to share a little bit more about the business you have with your family. You never know. One of your kids might find that they want to be an entrepreneur too. All right. My next guest runs several successful businesses, and he is sharing what many of the benefits are of homeschooling. Here he is. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm the founder of SuccessfullyUnemployed.co, and I have a podcast where I talk about being successfully unemployed, but here's also a great thing. I have also, with my wife's help, she's amazing, we've been homeschooling our kids for the past, I don't know, was it six, seven years? So we have, our oldest is now almost 12 years old, and we've started homeschooling like from the very beginning. They literally have never been in school, and we have four kids now. And in doing that, I realized that there were so many great things about homeschooling. I can literally teach my kids how to be successfully unemployed, just like I am. I could literally teach them how to make money with rental properties or online businesses or anything like that, which is great, or even financial intelligence and financial education. The things that I've done to help my life be easier, being an online business owner, On top of that, homeschooling as well. There are many different things that we can do, but let me give you a few great ones that are really going to help you not just to actually do the homeschooling, but to make sure that your kids are really doing well and wanting to learn. Now, obviously, homeschooling is taking a lot of your time to actually do the teaching, but if you do it right and if you utilize other curriculum, if you do these sort of things that I'll just tell you in just a second, don't worry, I'll get to it. 
If you do these things, your kids are going to want to learn on their own and they're going to be able to learn on their own. Now, if you have young, young kids, it's very hard. I trust me. I completely understand the young kids are really, really hard because you literally have to teach them how to learn, not just learning a certain topic, but teach them how to learn, how to teach themselves, how to read instructions and all that sort of stuff. So here's what I'm going to say. What I encourage you to do is number one, don't give up. We've been homeschooling for this many years. It's been fantastic. You absolutely do not have to do this alone. There are so many different types of curriculum that curriculum make basically the types of teaching. It could be anything from Abeka, which is a Christian uh, learning-based um, homeschooling education that we use. They even have videos that our kids, like I, I buy or rent the videos and they literally watch a teacher teach. Now that is Awesome, but it's also great if you're walking through with your kids. So there's so much curriculum out there. On top of that, there are so many different companies out there that have online education systems. There are online classes, online everything. There's so many different ways. So here's my big suggestion. Don't go it alone. There are so many other groups, organizations, co-ops, things like that out there. You just don't know of them. Most likely you don't know of them because you're not in that space. Once you're in that space, you're like, man, there are so many of us. This is fantastic. Here's the thing that I want to encourage you with is teach your kids how to learn, not just teach them that specific topic, but also teach them how to learn. I'll give you a great example. So my kids I really love it when they start learning on their own. And just this morning, I woke up at 6.30 to go get some coffee. You know, I'd get work to my, on my computer while the kids are asleep. Well, my eight-year-old, he is literally up at 6.30 in the morning already doing his math work. And the reason why is we give them incentive. And so at 6.30 in the morning, he is doing the math by himself. So number one, he's self-educating. He's learning. He's reading the directions and able to figure out what how, you know, how to answer these questions. Now, obviously, we go back through and make sure everything's done right and correct him and all that sort of stuff. But he's learning and he learned how to learn and he's learning again. So on top of that, we also give him an incentive or every single one of our kids incentives on learning on their own on top of that getting things done. So here's what we do. So every semester, our kids have probably about four, maybe five different entire workbooks that they have to get through, you know, like your kids actually get. So what we do, you know, in public school. So what we do with the workbooks is every single time they finish a workbook, we give them $10. We pay them $10. And that $10 actually is fantastic for them because it gives them incentive and say, you know what? It's not just for like, oh, I'm just getting education. It's great. No, they work towards getting $10. They love it when they say, daddy, I'm making money. Pay me $10. I'm like, yes, son, or yes, daughter. I have four kids, like I said, and we give them $10. I want you to take out of this entire talk that you absolutely can do it. You absolutely can homeschool. On top of that, you don't have to do it alone. There are so many people out there. Get with a bunch of group of people. They're, homeschoolers are great. We all encourage each other. We all lo love helping each other out because we're all in this together. And on top of that, teach your kids how to learn so that once they do learn, then they can learn on their own. They can continually read and learn more on their own. And on top of that, encourage them by giving them incentives, giving them incentives to actually do this right. You can absolutely do that. All right, guys. So again, this is Dustin Heiner here with successfullyunemployed.co. You are awesome. Don't give up. You can absolutely do homeschooling. All right. So next up, we've got Nicole Schmoll, who has been a homeschooling mom and entrepreneur for 12 years. And her last name might sound familiar. She is the wife of John Schmoll, who was our guest on episode 24 from frugalrules.com. So here's Nicole Schmoll. My name is Nicole Schmoll. I'm a homeschooling mom and entrepreneur. I've been running my own business now for about 12 years and have homeschooled our three children that entire time. For those of you who now find yourself suddenly homeschooling as well as working from home, I would just pass along a few pieces of advice. The first piece is that um, one of the benefits of working for yourself is that you do have a lot more flexibility in your schedule. I have always tried to block out dedicated time to homeschooling um, for me, that usually looks like I spend the first half of the day homeschooling our kids and then the second half working. 
they I've gotten them through their instruction and then it frees me up to work and write while they do their homework. Um, I think um, the other thing that I would recommend is don't feel like you have to do everything yourself, especially if you're not a teacher. There's a lot of great curriculum and resources out there, especially if homeschooling is something you're only going to do for a month or two months or until this crisis is over. Reach out to your school. Um, there's a lot of homeschooling blogs, but preferably your child's teacher and your child's school would be the best resource for you to start with. Um, they probably have some lesson plans and things that you can walk through with your kids at home. Um, the other thing I would say and something we've tried to do is to involve our kids in our business. So as they get older and become capable of more, we have tried to find ways to involve them in the writing and editing and, and designing and different things that we do. It gives them a sense of feeling like they are part of the business, part of the family, of course, which they are, and also helps them develop some more skills that hopefully they can use um, as they get older and go out to start their own careers. And then the third and most important thing, I probably should have said it first, is to be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with your kids. We've had a lot of people say to us, well, this isn't any kind of a change for you guys at all because you already homeschool and work from home, so you're, you're probably doing great. And yeah, it has involved less of an adjustment for us probably than for others, but it's still new. There's still the craziness of the virus, and especially for kids who are now suddenly at home all the time and having to social distance, it can be traumatic for them. And um, I think the best thing we can do is to be patient with each other. And just remember, if you even get one thing done uh, with your child that's educational in nature, that's better than nothing. So give them grace, give yourself grace and hang in there. Thanks. Okay, next up we have Teresa Gertis, who is a homeschooling mom of seven. And she's got a lot of experience with homeschooling all seven of her kids. And here are her tips. Hi there, everyone. My name is Teresa Gertis. I am a homeschooling mom and I also work from home. And I am here to share four tips to help you um, get through this period where you're working from home and the kids are now home and you have to all of a sudden homeschool them. So my first tip is that homeschooling doesn't have to look like school. A lot of times we think, oh, the kids are gone from eight to three. And so that's, you know, eight hours that you now have to fill. You don't. I know a lot of schools are doing um, distance learning and online learning. And so the teachers have already prepared some stuff before hand for you got the, for the kids to work on you know there's there's also thing you know spending time out in nature uh doing legos puzzles you know board games like all of that stuff is using your kids's brain and it may not look like you know sit down in your desk but they're actually learning a lot so don't feel the pressure to keep them doing school for eight hours a day a couple hours is more than okay the second tip i have is to create a routine routines are going to save your life. Um, one of the things I like to do is have anchor times, which usually revolves around like meal times. And so when those times happen, my kids know exactly what needs to be happening afterwards. So I'm not constantly having to stay on them. So like in our house, like our morning routine looks like the kids wake up, they eat breakfast, they get dressed, they do a chore, and then they start their homework list. And this is the same thing we're doing every day. Everybody knows it's coming. There isn't this constant, well, what do we get to do now? Nope, they all know what they need to be doing right away. So I would encourage you to figure out routines that work for your family that will allow everybody to know what's going on during the day um, and keep everybody on task so you're not constantly having to be, you know, give reminders because that can get draining. The, my third tip is to create blocks of work time. If you are used to your kids being gone all day, you may think, well, my block time was, you know, during the day when they're at school. And now with the kids home, it may feel like everything is crazy and you have the school to do and you have work to do. So, you know, just because they're home doesn't mean you can't create those blocks of time. Um, it's really easy to be, able, you know, especially if your kids are school age, to be able to say, hey, during this time to this time, 
mom or dad I needs to work. And so you need to, you know, here's a list of things can work on in order to get the work done. Um, you know, don't, don't feel guilty. I mean, about it, you have a job, you know, and kids are more than capable of being able to entertain themselves. Um, another thing to do would, if you aren't doing it already, would be to consider waking up early or staying up late to have uninterrupted time when you know that, you know, no one's going to be coming in right now. And, you know, you can really have a focused period. And then you could do things that require less, you know, focus and attention throughout the day. My last tip is to take time to decompress. Um, I love having my kids home every day. That's why we have always homeschooled. But you know what? At the end of the day, I still need time to myself. So don't feel guilty if by the end of the day you're just needing to have time to yourself, to do something for yourself. Make the time, take the time to recharge, whether it's reading a book, watching the show, you know, going for a walk. Make sure you take that time. Otherwise, it can get stressful easily when you're like constant, constant, constant having people need you all the time. So don't feel guilty about take that time for yourself. I hope these tips prove to be helpful as you navigate the waters of working from home and homeschooling. And I hope this is a positive experience that you'll be able to look back on. All right, next up, we are hearing from another homeschooling dad. Here he is. What's going on, everybody? Thank you to Monica for inviting me to be a part of this. I am Vincent Puglisi, and my wife Elizabeth and I have been homeschooling for six years while running our online businesses. So I want to start by saying welcome, and I'm here to try to help answer the question for you on how online business owners can make the transition to homeschooling while full-time parenting a little easier. And I'm going to give you about three or four minutes, but I can go on for about three or four hours on this topic. And the very big picture for us is that homeschooling has been the best thing that's ever happened to our family and our businesses. It's made each more successful, it's made us more efficient, and it's made us closer and more engaged with our kids than we ever were before. And I want to add some of the things that we've done, so even if you're only going to do this for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, or this is something you're seeing that you really want to do full-time while building your business. Now, everybody's got different requirements of what their school system wants from them, but our overall view on this is to focus on your kids' curiosity, not their curriculum. For us, as time went on, their curiosity became their curriculum. Our goal and our focus is to raise great adults, not great test takers. And you're already ahead of the game because if you're an online business owner, you already know about innovation. Curiosity is what fuels innovation. It's what inspires learning, drive, passion, generosity, and empathy. A higher sense of curiosity leads to stronger relationships, developing better leaders, and actually better physical and mental health. You know that kids at a young age are naturally very curious. But that curiosity is beaten out of them often in the school system because they're not encouraged to ask questions. Because the questions take everything off track and they need to stay on track for the system to work. But that's not always the best for the kids and it's not the best for their curiosity. So it's been proven by the time a kid's 10 years old, they stop asking questions in school. They lose their curiosity and they start to follow. Now if you're with me and you don't want to raise followers and you want to raise great adults and not just great test takers... Allow them to follow their curiosity. We consider ourselves the guides, not the teachers. And that takes a lot of the pressure off. We don't need to be the expert in every subject. We want them to take what they're interested in, what they love learning, because we want them to develop a love for learning. Studies show that most kids after they graduate college don't even read a book a year. Because we learned to be good test takers, but we didn't love learning. So when you allow your kids to read the books that they want to read... They actually want to read more. And I'll give you a quick example from one of our kids. Our oldest son, Andrew, through just taking out books from the library, developed an interest in World War II. And the next thing we knew, he was reading three to four hours a day about World War II. Now, this was all self-directed and interest-based learning. It didn't come from a curriculum. As he kept reading, he got more interested in everything that went on around it. And he started learning about the equipment used in World War II. Because he was able to niche down, and a lot of us entrepreneurs understand that term, he did intensive research on planes and tanks. And going into that, he's learning physics and engineering and how the equipment was made. All this time, as he would have conversations, he gained confidence because he started talking to adults about it, and he was no longer the kid they were looking at him eye to eye because he was so knowledgeable about it. And like the domino effect, he kept learning more and more. And at some point, he started developing and creating his own tanks made out of cardboard 
and craft sticks. People have told him that he could sell these and they want to buy them from him. So now he's building a business to sell these tanks. And he's in the process of writing an ebook about it. So his curiosity wasn't in one subject like we're often taught. This one bit of interest-based learning led to understanding of physics, finance, business, reading, vocabulary, engineering, art, and personal development, and even more. So instead of keeping your kids on a strict schedule, because that's what school trained us to do, I encourage you to give them some autonomy and let them learn what they love to learn about. And not only might they learn at a quicker pace, because all the studies show that homeschoolers do that, but the benefit for you is you're going to have a kid that's so wrapped up in learning about things that they love that they might just leave you alone for hours at a time to get your work done. So that's one little tip. I hope that helps. If you want to learn more about me, I've got a daily podcast. It's five to seven minute solo clips, kind of like this. It's called the Total Life Freedom Podcast. Our website is totallifefreedom.com. And as a gift to you, because Monica is so awesome, I'd love to give you for free the audio version of my book titled Freelance to Freedom and a PDF download that we wrote titled The 10 Unexpected Benefits of Homeschooling. And Monica so generously said she would share all those links in the show notes. Thank you all so much. All right, next up, we've got my good friend, Jessica LaRue from thecoursecreatorslounge.com, but you may know her and her husband, Cliff, from thesellingfamily.com. And they have been homeschooling their son for many years. And here is Jessica. Hey, Monica, it's Jessica from thecoursecreatorslounge.com. And I'm really excited to share some tips with you about homeschooling while running a full-time business. I've been running my own business since 2012 online. And I've been homeschooling my nine-year-old son since he was in kindergarten. So I've got a couple years experience doing both. First, I want to say to the people who are listening, this time is really, really weird. So many people are being thrown into homeschooling and it's something that they never had any desire to do at all. Some of you may have direction from teachers and some of you may feel like you're completely on your own with no direction at all. So my first tip is going to be that you take all of this one step at a time. Don't beat yourself up for whatever you're feeling. Our feelings are normal and they're going to be different for each of us. You're in a learning period along with your student right now. There's going to be times where you want to lock yourself in a closet and that's going to be okay. Even parents who have been homeschooling for years feel like we're not doing enough or that there's things that we should be doing better. Second, I would like to recommend that you throw out your idea of what school looks like. Homeschooling is totally different than just doing school at home. Our kids are learning all day long. When the economy is normal and we can go to libraries and parks, it's even way different because oftentimes we're not even in the house all that much. But whether there's a textbook out or not, our kids are learning. One of the common misconceptions about homeschool is that it needs to take the same amount of time as it would in a classroom, but that's just not the case. Oftentimes, homeschool is complete in just an hour or two per day. We've only got one, for me personally, but however many you were blessed with kids that we have to deal with. Not 30 like there is in a classroom. So you can imagine that things would go a lot faster. Next, I want to talk to you about work. And I know that this is one of the main reasons why we're doing these audios. For me, it's really important that I can stay focused and do work during my most productive time of the day. For me, that means that I'm in my office from about 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's the time where I can really, really get my best work done, and then it doesn't take me as long. For a lot of people, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., that's right when they're doing school. So here's the thing. School can be done at any time. For me personally, I work better in the middle of the day. So that means that sometimes school is done at night. Sometimes it's done before I get started. I'm not personally a huge fan on having a set schedule for school. So you wouldn't find me saying, okay, breakfast at eight, and then we're gonna start reading at nine, and then we're gonna do you know, this lesson at this time and so on. For me, I like to let the day play out. If we feel like going outside and playing in the backyard or we wanna sit down and do a puzzle, We'll do that. 
Then we'll get to the bookwork. Sometimes that means that we sit at the couch at 10 o'clock at night and we do our bookwork. And sometimes that means we sit at the table and we do it right after I get done with my work for the day. The last thing that I want to mention is don't be afraid to ask for help. If you have multiple parents at home or multiple adults, let everyone help. If you have older siblings, they can help with the younger kids doing school also. Homeschool doesn't have to be done by just one parent. It doesn't have to be just the mom or just the dad. It can be anybody. For us, my husband actually does school more some weeks than I do. It's very typical that people would think that the mom has to be the one that does the work. I think some of you may even be surprised and decide that homeschooling might actually be good for your family and look at doing it full time. All right, my next guest isn't actually a homeschooling mom, but I wanted to include her. She's my good friend, Katie Kimball, because she and her husband call themselves an entre family. So she and her husband both have their own separate online businesses. Katie is with kitchenstewardship.com and kidscookrealfood.com. And her husband, Chris, is at blogfixer.com. And interestingly enough, Katie recently wrote a post about reusable alternatives to toilet paper. (laughs) So we will include that blog post in the show notes. All right, here are Katie's tips for managing your kids and working at home. This is Katie Kimball from kitchenstewardship.com and kidscookrealfood.com. And I've actually been an entre family with my husband for the last five years. Um, So I started my blog just to make a little bit of extra money. And at a certain point when uh, my income was overtaking my husband's, we thought, well, maybe he could leave his corporate job writing boring banking software um, and come home. So we thought it would be a great idea to have a fourth baby and two months later have him quit his job. Um, But that means that for the last five years, including newborn days, and we now have a teenager, a freshman in high school, uh, we've navigated what it's like to have two parents working at home. And, you know, in the summers, obviously, that's kind of what everyone is dealing with right now. Um, kids at home and parents at home and everybody has work to do. So we just have uh, we're still not, um, I suppose, stellar at it. And there are still days where I feel like oh, I got so many interruptions. It was so hard to focus. But we do have a few strategies that we've picked up over the years that I would love to share. So first is to have somewhat of a schedule, if not more of a rigid schedule, not uh, down to the minute, but just blocks of time as far as who is doing what. So if you need, you know, your older kids to watch your younger kids, if you schedule a one to three hour block where they're in charge and maybe even pay them, you know, a little bit of money, a dollar to three dollars an hour, um, giving them that kind of responsibility usually makes them more responsible. And if they know it's coming, they won't be expecting to like play with friends or watch a movie or do something else. Um, so we've found that to be very effective in the summers. We have two two extremely responsible older kids um, who even, I mean, I think my daughter who's 11 now, she probably started doing stuff like that even when she was eight and nine. And, you know, just with boundaries, like you can't leave the yard and stuff like that. But she, she was responsible enough, um, very responsible. So we felt comfortable with that. And the other schedule to have in place is which parent is on call per se. So we used to have a, um, like a chart on our refrigerator or stuck to our office door that would say which parent was the parent and which one was the worker. Um, and this would mean that whoever was the parent might be working, they might be trying to get something done, but if the children had a question, they are to come to that parent and not the working parent. That allows every each parent to have a certain block of time throughout the day where they know that they can be indistractable. Um, and in fact, I just read a book by that title, Indistractable, and that um, author recommended putting a sign on your computer or even wearing like a crown or a hat on your head to signify to the rest of your family that you are in an indistractable mode. And I thought that was an awesome idea. So we just had the sign on the door, um, who's the parent and who's the worker. Because if you don't do that, you all know that all children will come to mom with every single question and then mom will not get any good work done. Um, So that was really like, that was life-saving when we first implemented that strategy right away. 
Um, and also in this time in our family, we've implemented the one thing. So every person, we have four kids, all six of us in the family at the beginning of the day says our one thing that we most want to get done that day. Um, and for the kids, sometimes it's, you know, playing or playing a tablet, playing with a friend, um, a close neighbor that where they're allowed to play with. Sometimes it's getting a certain piece of schoolwork done. Sometimes it's like playing catch with daddy um, or, you know, something. It's a range. It's not always play stuff. And we just know that, you know, we want to prioritize getting to that one thing. And we adults do the same thing. And this really helps us figure out how to dial in our time. So what's the one thing we need to do? We better do that first or as soon as we have the opportunity Um, And so being uh, two working parents at home, you will definitely find you prioritize better and more effectively and work smarter. Um, Speaking of working smarter, I'd highly recommend leaving your phone off or away from you far, far away for the first hour of your day because brain science shows us that what we do for the first hour of our day sort of sets our neural pathways for the day. And we don't want that to be negative news or um, comparisonitis in social media or even just opening your email and getting a few things done because then you train your brain to be reactive instead of productive. And I'm so much more creative and focused when I can leave my phone off and away. And now that the kids are home, um, it's, it's also a really important family time to just connect and see how they're doing and what they have planned for their day. All right. And if you've been following, if you've been counting along, <laughs> we are at number eight. So this is our eighth guest, and it's actually a couple. This is Jake and Michelle Wade from iHeartBudgets.net. And they are so fun. You must follow them over on Instagram, but also check out their website at iheartbudgets.net. Isn't that the greatest domain name? But they have put together an extremely long list of COVID-19 financial resources, relief to those who have been impacted, and they're continuing to update it. It's a tremendous resource. So we'll definitely put the link in the show notes. But here are Jake and Michelle sharing their tips on homeschooling while running your business. Hey, this is Jake. And I'm Michelle. And we're from I Heart Budgets, and we run an online business from our 300-square-foot home. On wheels. So we have been traveling around the United States in our RV for the last 18 months, and we have three kids, age 6, 8, 9... Ten, twelve. <laughs> wow. How old are our kids? Eight, six, and three. And a puppy because we needed more craziness in our life. So we do run an online business and our kids homeschool. And so we wanted to come in and just talk a little bit about what we do. It's a very unique situation, but maybe some of these things will help. So for me, this is Jake. Uh, I run most of the business and it's freelancing and writing and coaching and all kinds of things. Um, and my, my biggest tip is because I am working from home in a very small space and it can get very loud in here is get a good pair of noise canceling headphones. Those I have, what I call them the big headphones. And if I need to, I bust those things out so I can focus and put on a little bit of music and just get the work done. I need to get done. If there's a call or anything else, I'll move to another room. Which we don't have another room, which isn't very far in the RV. So what I've actually done personally is I'll, hop in our truck and take a call in there because it is so quiet and I can be uninterrupted. Normal people will have, what, another room or two in their house? A bedroom or an office or something to go into. Maybe an extra thousand square feet. So the tip is just noise-canceling headphones, and if you got to take a call, just some one parent tags in and the other goes and and does that work. For us, um, Jake is the one that's full-time working. I do work on our business a couple hours a day. And when I'm working, it's either after the kids have gone to bed. Um, but often I need to do stuff in the morning as well. And so in that case, I will just make sure the kids are mostly independent playing with something. If they are having an off day and they are not playing well, um, I will just put on a movie and that way I know I've got two hours and I can get this stuff done. Um, so I think the, Uh, the key work from home tip that we've got is to just be flexible. Mm -hmm. Your current routine that you're used to when the kids go to school and then you have like this quiet house to work in is obviously not happening. So, um, you know, maybe you find the strength somewhere within you to wake up before the kids get up and do a little bit of work. If not, you're doing your work after the kids go to bed 
Um, but also there is no shame in putting on a movie, um, and just having like a couple hours to just slam through stuff. And I know for me, I, I like that. It's almost like, um, scheduling my day. Like, okay, I know I have 96 minutes to, um, you know, get whatever this is done. And it kind of helps to, for me, it helps me focus more. Um, so we also homeschool Mm -hmm. because we travel. So these are my couple homeschool tips for you guys. Um, I, number one, I can't work while I'm doing homeschool. So like the whole like work from home thing is a job. The homeschooling thing is a job and parenting is a job. It's three jobs. You guys are now, we're all trying to do at the same time. So you've got to split it out. So work goes to the side when you're doing homeschool. I put my phone in another room and that's really helpful because then it's not annoying me and dinging at me and distracting me from helping the kids. Cause I'm just as easily distractible as they are. Um, so work is work. School is school. My other tip is get outside. Everyone's going to get cranky. Okay. Like, obviously we know this. Um, today <laughs> I popped us all in the car and we drove to a nature trail and we safely socially distancy took a hike. <laughs> it wasn't a hike. It was really just a walk. And we just moved our bodies outside in the fresh air. And we were very thankful for some sunshine as well. And it changed everything. So even if you don't feel like it, even if you're too grouchy, get outside, walk around the neighborhood, something. Um, also homeschool tip number three. Um, everyone is doing this homeschool thing differently because I know public schools are having different um, online curriculums and Zoom classes and all sorts of things. So depending on how your school is running things, but you don't need to stress about homeschool looking like the classroom. That means you're not necessarily having to do every subject every day. Take one day and dive into the science topic that your kids want to learn about, or maybe the science topic that school is wanting them to learn about. Just dive in and go deep and have fun with it. Um, You know, for math, a nice fun math project is to double the cookie recipe and bake together. There's your fractions and multiplication and all of that. Um, Maybe read a historical fiction book or a biography and that, you know, is a launching point for learning about, you know, a really unique person from history or um, a time in our country that there was also hardship. We were just read um, a book about the Mayflower and how they were stuck inside a boat for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it kind of helps put things in perspective with this quarantine. So um, those are our tips. Our situation's different because I get to pick the curriculum and I get to pick, you know, what we do for homeschool. And I know that a lot of schools are, um, you know, telling the parents what to do, which is also great because then you don't have to think. But I think the biggest thing is to just not stress. Your kids are not going to get dumb from being at home. They're not going to get behind. All kids are in the same boat right now. And um, just cherish this time with your kids. I know it's going to look different. It might feel stressful, but it is going to be really special. And I think it's going to be something people are going to love looking back on. Mm-hmm. All right. So... All great advice, all great tips. And I want to give a huge thank you to everybody who contributed to this episode. I hope that you found a lot of great advice and ideas for how to schedule your day or not schedule your day. I thought it was interesting that we heard, you know, some similar tips, but some surprising tips perhaps, and also some conflicting tips. So I think overall though, the message is clear to give yourself grace during this time. As so many people said to be patient with yourself, be patient with your kids, know that this is a big change for them as well as for you. And so just get through this time and make the most of it. So before we go, I wanted to share what my husband and I have been doing to get through this time and to figure out how I, how we can all stay sane while working from home and homeschooling the kids. I actually have to give all the credit to my husband. So Sunday before our first official homeschool day, my husband sat down with the kids and asked my son specifically, he's our third grader, what his schedule looked like at school. When did he have recess? When did he do math? When did he have PE? He asked him 
basically to lay out his entire day. So my husband wrote this all down and created a similar schedule to his school day. So we heard from a lot of people here today saying, you know, don't try and replicate school. But for us, having structure and having a very clear schedule for the kids to follow and also for us all to be on the same page of who's doing what and when throughout the day has really been I think a big help. It's been really helpful for us to get through the day each day. So my husband created this schedule. So here it is. So from 8.30 to 9.15, the kids are doing math worksheets. So they each have their own worksheets that are specific to their grade level. So they know that both of them are supposed to be working on their math worksheets. At 9.15, they know that they need to be doing math in an online learning website that was provided to us from the school. So my son was able to bring home his Chromebook from school. And he also had a Chromebook that we bought him for Christmas last year. So our daughter is using that one. So that's how they can both be on their own computer at the same time. So that's worked out for us. And then, so they do that from 9.15 to 10 o'clock. And then 10 o'clock, they have snack and recess. So they know where their snacks are. They pull out their bag of apples or whatever it is from the fridge. And they sit down and have their snack. And they know that after their snack, they can play a little bit. As long as they're quiet, they know. Usually I let them know when I'm going to be in meetings or recording a podcast. And so they know when to be quiet. But they can either play in the living room, play in their rooms, or go outside in the backyard. We know they know that those are the safe places for them to play. And so they're on their own. And then at 1030, they have library or they have PE or they have music depending on the day and it kind of changes day by day. So for library in our house, that means that they read to each other, which is really fun. So our kindergartner is getting really good at reading and our third grader loves to read. So this is a great time for them to spend time reading to each other. And then for PE, our son is in gymnastics and his coaches have been sending over workouts um, for him to do to keep up his strength with and flexibility for gymnastics. And so he and his sister, do those during PE time. And then for music, this is where uh, my husband got really creative. For music, they go on the TV and they go to YouTube and they search for sing-along songs. So they get to alternate turns and then they get to sing along with the the videos. And that is their music. Uh, We are not very musical musically inclined. My husband and I don't play any musical instruments. So that's what they do on their own to be practicing music. And they have a lot of fun with that. And then at 11 o'clock, they do independent reading or reading on the Kindle. So my daughter has a tablet so she can um, read on her Kindle app on her tablet. And so that's where they just do reading in their own rooms. And then at 11.30, they have lunch and recess. And so they, again, know where their lunches are. They pull their lunches out of the fridge. They eat. They clean up after themselves after they're done with lunch. And then they play, again, in the living room, in their rooms, or in the backyard if it's not raining. At 12.20, then they do English language arts, ELA is what it's called. And so they have activities that they can do on their computers for that. And then at one o'clock, they have ELA writing. And so they have worksheets or a workbook that they are working in. And then at 1.40, still continuing with ELA, they do writer's workshop. So my daughter's been writing a story and she'll draw pictures to go with the story. And my son has also been writing stories as well. And so it's really fun. They, at the end of the day, they get really proud to share what they've written with us and they really enjoy reading their stories to us. It's been really great. Uh, to see them enjoying school and showing sharing their progress with us. And so they do that until 2.20, which is roughly when school gets out here. And so then they're done and then they can do, you know, their own free time at that time. And this has worked out really great. So 
the reason why we've been able to keep them at this schedule is that my son has a phone. He's eight years old and he has a phone. And so in the phone, he we've loaded up alarm clocks for all of these transition times. And then the label of the alarm clock is what they're supposed to be doing. So the alarm goes off, he checks it, he tells his sister what they're transitioning to, and then they do it all on their own. And they've been really good about sticking with the schedule. And they've been really proud of themselves for doing their schoolwork. And they're really enjoying spending a lot of time together. And they're getting along really well. So I feel like this is going as well as it could be for all of us to adjust to this new schedule and new routine. But it's going really well. I'm really proud of them. And again, I give my husband the credit for coming up with this whole idea. He went back to work for the first week that they were home. And so he knew that I was going to be home with them and he didn't want me, you know, pulling my hair out, trying, feeling frustrated that I needed to figure out how I was going to keep them occupied while I was working. So he came up with this idea. It was totally his idea and it's been working really well. And then he's been working from home a little bit. He's kind of off and on. Um, he'll be working at home a week here and a week there. So for now, this is our new routine and it is going really well. And so I'm excited to implement some of these tips from our guests today. And I want to thank you for listening today. Thank you for joining all of our guests. And just remember, we will have all of the links and resources that were shared with our guests and then also some extra resources that some of our guests have shared with us in the show notes, which you can find at monicalouis.com slash 48. And also that's where you can find the information around about how to access my introductory Facebook ads course for free for a limited time. It's a $79 value. It's called five days to profitable Facebook ads. And I'll have the link and the code is code be kind. Um, but I'll have all that information there in the show notes. So Thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. What are your biggest takeaways? You can share those with me in the comments at monicalouis.com slash 48 or tag me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica. And if you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast and subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday and I've got so many more great episodes coming your way. So subscribe so you'll be sure to get notified when next week's episode comes out. That's all for today. I'm thinking of you. Take care, stay healthy and stay inside. Mm -hmm.